It's Johnny D, the motivational cowboy, right now with this week's Outstanding Life podcast. And I am sitting with Hunter Smith, and he owns Fit Stop Performance. Hunter, what is going on, buddy? Not much, man. Thank you for having me. Man, this is a lot of fun. We're in North Carolina right now, but we just figured out last night, or this morning, I should say, because we both thought about this last night. Yeah. That we actually met in Pocono mm-hmm. about nine years ago. Yeah. And you were even younger <laughs> then, obviously. <laughs> you know, so you're only what, 22, 23 years old now? Yep, 22. I'll be 23 in December. So, man, that is crazy. So I met you um, at the uh, Chevy stage. Isn't that right? Yeah, the Chevy stage up at Pocono. I was, well, I'm not good at math, but nine years ago, I was probably 13 or 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I was 13 or 14 years old, and uh, you were there fan. watching. The, uh, I, I'll, I'll never forget. You just showed me a picture, and it was uh, Spencer Gallagher yep. and you, and you were watching me interview Spencer Gallagher up yep. on the Chevy stage. And uh, so, have you always been a NASCAR fan? Yeah, I, I was born into a NASCAR fan family. <laughs> uh, so I wasn't born into a NASCAR driving family, unfortunately, but. Um, yeah, my dad's a mechanic, so he was a big Dale Earnhardt fan growing up, big GM fan. So does that mean that you were a Earnhardt fan as well? Or were you more a junior fan and not a senior fan? When I was a kid, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan of either one of them, honestly. (laughs) Um, Was it Jeff Gordon? uh, No, it wasn't Jeff Gordon. I fell into Bobby Labonte when I was a kid. I love Bobby, yeah, Yeah. because he used to race with Pontiac and that's who I used to be with. Yep, I was a big Bobby Labonte fan as a kid, um... I liked the Eminem car because I was a kid. I liked well, the back then it was Kenny Schrader. Yep, exactly. Yep. Uh, we had a uh, we. I still have a bunch of old Eminem memorabilia and Pontiac <laughs> stuff back home because that was a Pontiac too. But and home um, is where? Uh, Wanage, New Jersey. Wanage, so, New Jersey. Yeah. And now you are in North Carolina. Yep. So nine years ago, I remember you um, coming up to the Chevy stage, and it's so funny because now we're just sitting here in this conference room in one of the uh, one of the shops and. You wanted to be a race car driver, and you were racing. Yep. And you were racing go karts. Yeah. At right? the time, I was running go karts up in uh, up in Pennsylvania, just because New Jersey ain't much for racetracks. So, right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I was running go karts up in Pennsylvania, doing all kinds of stuff there, dirt cars mainly. Um. Yeah, and then came over to the Chevy stage Pocono weekend, and I guess the rest is history. From there, <laughs> right. So. Yeah, because I would see you a couple times a year. Yeah. So you you were you were a fan growing up. You were a racer. What made you want to get into the, uh, uh, the I guess, the fit performance part of, of uh, racing? Is it because you realize that racing costs a lot of money and you're like, hey, listen, I still want to be in the business, so this is what I want to do? Or was it something that you have a passion for? Why did you start this road? Yeah, well, let me tell you kind of the backstory a little bit when I was five I was five years old when Dale Earnhardt passed away okay um we have a big Daytona 500 party at my house every year <laughs> we had all the you know all my dad's friends we all, yeah. they all came over we had a good time um and I remember that year was just like I was five years old I didn't really know a whole lot of what was going on yeah but um that day and it sounds weird but that day was when I fell in love with racing because I saw how much that passing a Dale Earnhardt affected my dad and 
he, in my five-year-old mind, yeah, he needed a new driver to cheer for, and what better than to be his son? And that's what that I wanted. Wow, I wanted to be in racing at that point. So, um, money wasn't there at the time right. when I was five. Um, so, did you ask your dad for a go kart? Oh yeah, the next day, <laughs> pretty much. I was like, I want to race, Dad. Let me race, Dad. Let me race, and. He, he remember morally he was all for it, but mom, uh, you know, we checked the checkbook and it just wasn't feasible. So I played soccer. Um, you name the sport. I played it, um, all growing up. So then I was 12 and were you good at sports? And and, and the reason why I ask (laughs) is because I love asking the NASCAR drivers if they were good at sports and 98% of the time. They're like, absolutely not. Why do you think I'm up here talking to you right now? <laughs> yeah, uh, it depends on the sport. Like, I played soccer from kindergarten till sophomore year of high school. Yeah, and I, I was in my mind, I was a good soccer player. Um, yeah. I played basketball, and there's a reason I stopped. Uh, I played. Yeah. You're I played, not that tall. <laughs> yeah, I played baseball. There was a reason I stopped. Um, but and then I fell into dro- actually being a driver. Uh, when I was 12, we finally, and my parents always told me, they said, we'll support you in any way possible aside yeah. from financially. Yeah. And we, my dad, like I said, my dad's a mechanic. So I got really lucky in yeah. that aspect is that he could do the work on the cars and the motors. Right. And he, I tell you, he's the best crew chief that NASCAR hasn't found yet. Really? Like I, he can set a car up with his eyes. It's That's awesome. ridiculous. So uh, to this day, I still don't know how he does it, but, um, so but your yeah. dad, your dad was the mechanic and your dad was the crew chief. My dad was everything. And you was never fired and him. him. No, I, never, <laughs> <laughs> I think there was one night, but like, um, my dad just, he was an old school mechanic that, you know, he's just, like I said, he's the best at what he does. Yeah. And, um, it was always funny cause my dad's a mechanic. My mom works in a bank. So <laughs> I, I, we thought we had the money, but every day, like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I remember a night, this is the kind of crew chief mechanic dad that my dad is. And we were at the go-kart track and I came in after a heat race and I, I was just, you know, I think I was 13 or 14 years old. Now wait a second. Was, you said you raced go-karts now mm-hmm. go-karts on dirt. Or yeah. go-karts on asphalt? Um, I started off primarily just on dirt. Oh, wow. Um, I primarily just did dirt races. No kidding. Um, and then when I got into bigger cars, I started doing a little bit of both. Okay. So I, I have experience on both. I actually, believe it or not, I my talent level was on the asphalt, but my fun was on the dirt. I heard so. that racing on dirt is the most fun you could have with your clothes on, say. <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah, I I love I love dirt racing. Um, like I said, my my skill set. I always performed better on mm-hmm. asphalt. Um, I would always find myself about mid pack in dirt races. Right. Um, but I would have a blast wow. racing the dirt car. But, so you loved it. Were yeah. you Did you ever get hurt racing um, when you were young? Uh, I had one one incident. Uh, my throttle stuck going into a. a Oh, going into a corner in a, in a bigger car that I was racing. And, um, the track that I was racing, I was shaped like Martinsville. It kind of had like that paper clip. Yeah. So you lose your brakes. It's not going to be a fun turn that you're going into. So, um, I didn't really get hurt. I banged my head and uh, probably ended up with an undiagnosed concussion, <laughs> but, um, banged my knee on the roll bar a little bit. But other than that, it, it, you know, I got lucky. So. so let's just be, because you are the first, well, I, I should say the second, because I did have somebody else on that, you know, started doing some racing later on, mm-hmm. but they weren't a real, they're not a race car driver. Yeah. So for the, 
Because I have a lot of fans that, you know, and a lot of people that listen that don't know anything about racing. Right. So in racing, you have to have a fire suit. Yeah. You have to have a helmet. You have to have gloves. You have to have your, you know, special uh, shoes. Yeah. Do you remember getting your first fire suit and your first <laughs> helmet? And was yeah. it new or was it used? Because so, I, because just like you said, you had a budget. Yeah. You were on a budget and people outgrow them. So I know that they probably resell them. Yeah. So at, do you remember getting that? Because that's like a big deal. So my they actually... My first helmet and my first fire suit didn't come together. So <laughs> my first helmet I got uh, years before because we had a four-wheeler at our house that I would tear up the yard with. So I had a helmet for that. And I used that for my first year of go-karts. Really? Yeah. And um, then my first fire suit came with the go-kart when we bought it. And I could still thank the guy who sold me the go-kart to this day because it was $1,500 and it was the go-kart, the motors and the fire suit all in one package. And I was like, okay, bye. Thank you. Like I just left before he realized what he sold. So, right. Yeah. Um, and I, we pretty much overhauled that whole cart and everything, but yeah, my first, I remember I, uh, got home with the cart. And I think the first thing I did was put the fire suit on. Wow. Like, yeah. I, I yeah, was it's like, like your little kid. Yeah. Man, and even to again. this day, you know, up until my last race that I did, uh, last year, um, I still like every time I put the fire suit on, I'm like, this is cool. So you're like, still like a little kid. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I just got, I got a new helmet last year. Um, and I was all about it. It's like, this is so cool. So but at 12 years old, you started racing. How long did you race for? Full time. Yeah. Um, cause I you were raced, still in school, right? I or were you yeah. homeschooled? Nope. I was still in uh, public school. Okay. Yep. I, um, raced full time from when I was 12 until I was about 18. No kidding. So I did full time for about six years. Every weekend? Pretty much, yeah. No kidding. So was it yeah. a family deal, like you, your dad, your mom, and did you have brothers and sisters as well? Nope, so I'm an only child. Okay. Um, probably the only reason I was able to race. Because, <laughs> right. So um, I got lucky for a bunch of reasons. Uh, I I loved being an only child. I still do. Yeah. And not for the reasons that most people think. Uh, most people think it's always spoiled. He gets all the... And I do get all the attention. I'll be right. I'll be 100% admitted to that, but... Well, of course, you're parents, the only one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, although, I, you know, my dog sometimes gets... Right. <laughs> you know, sometimes he's more important. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it made my relationship with my parents better. Yeah. It was because it was the three of us every weekend. So, mom would handle, you know, hey... All the money that we used to raise was from sponsorships that I would I would be the one getting. No kidding. You know, my, so you went door knocking. A hundred percent. No kidding. And That's was, awesome. As a kid. Yeah. Twelve years old and I'm <laughs> going to the local deli being like, Hey, can I have five hundred bucks? Like <laughs> and maybe some sandwiches every weekend. Like and uh and that was the kind Do you of remember stuff. getting your first sponsor? Yeah. What our, was that like for you? So I still our first official sponsor was a company that do, uh, they don't even exist anymore, but they were back in our hometown, um, thermoplastics biologics. And, um, I remember just being 12 years old and like, this is a mouthful. I have to say that every week, but, um, <laughs> they did uh, rubber tubing for like, uh, hospitals and all that kind of right, stuff. Yeah. So, um, uh, and they gave me a hundred bucks. And I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> like, and then I went to race that weekend and it was gone. And, and I was like, this is not so great. So, um, but yeah, I just remember that being so cool. Like, and then I started, you know, I got to the point where I was going through stamps like crazy because I was sending letters out to bigger companies. Yep. And I was 12 years old thinking that Coca-Cola was going to come knock on my door. Yeah. Like I had that head. I was just, my head was huge. Hey, they always say, man, you gotta, you gotta shoot for the moon, man. You yeah. might hit this, you know, you might hit the, uh, the sun. You, you know never what I mean? know. <laughs> and a couple of those companies came back and they said, you know, 
keep doing what you're doing. Like, we're going to keep tracking. I remember Red Bull. I, I total shot in the dark. I was like, you know what? I'm going to see what happens. And about three days after I sent the letter out, a guy from Red Bull calls me and he's like, Hey, we can't do anything. And like, this is a little too small for us. Right. Um, but he was so encouraging and he's like that. Just getting that phone call. I bet was cool. It was awesome. So did, did you, did your racing motivate you to be even better in school? Absolutely. Yeah. I always, I always did really good in school. The, uh, times when racing was going on. Right. So like from November to January, my grades would slip because <laughs> I wasn't doing anything. Right. Um, but it just, you know, my parents always said, you know, straight A's and we can go race. Wow. You know, at the same time I had the, I had the defensiveness and being like, well, I'm the one getting the money. Like, can't I go? Like, <laughs> but yeah, they always, uh, encouraged me and kept me motivated for school. Your and all dad so, was the mechanic. Yeah. But did he teach you how to work on the cars as well? <laughs> somewhat uh, <laughs> he he did and some of it kind of went out one in one ear out the other but like i'm even to this day like i can change my oil and whatnot but you asked ask me to diagnose a transmission problem like yeah i'm gonna be like you're talking japanese to me so, right right exactly so, yeah um but and now uh, that i live in north carolina he lives in new jersey it's kind of, it, it's tough. You know, if something yeah. goes wrong with the car or, or my car or whatnot, I'm calling him. I'm like, can I do this? And, but, uh, yeah, he, so he did everything mechanically. We had a good deal for a long time and it was the two of us, you know, my first year of go-karts, that go-kart was off the back of his truck. We didn't wow. have a trailer. So he, we had it off the back of his truck. We showed up, we'd win the race. We'd put it on the back of the truck. We'd leave. <laughs> and then all these guys with trailers and three and four cars yeah. are asking us what we did. And, they would come up to my dad, who did all of our engine work, and I'll tell you, I to this day I will say none of our engines ever were illegal. They yeah. tore them down; nothing was ever illegal. Um, we just found a lot of gray areas. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, right. My dad would tell everybody it was tire pressure, and it was so funny seeing those guys play with tires because that is not. We had one set of tires, like we had, right. we had one set of tires for a whole year because we couldn't afford anything else, and it was. Like what we did on the budget that we did it on was phenomenal. But it was what awesome. is the one thing that you think racing helped you in becoming the man that you are today and owning your own business and stuff like that? I th- it taught me so much. Like being involved in motorsports is what I've always wanted to do. Just for the soul, like, it sounds cliche, but I don't know anything else. Right. I don't know anything but motorsports. You know, I went to school and I graduated high school with a 4.0 and mm-hmm. whatever. And I went to college and I, I didn't finish college. I did a year and a half and then realized like this, this isn't for me. It's exactly know? what I did. It, it, it's not for everybody. <laughs> right. And you know, if you want to go and you know your path, that's great. Go and hire your education if you need it. But, mm-hmm. um, I don't know anything but motorsports and I don't, I don't have the passion for anything else that I have for motorsports. However, I'm involved. Yeah. You know, whether it's the fitness side like I am now, um, or if it was being a driver and, and whatnot. So, um, it taught me a lot of discipline. You know, uh, I had a lot of nights where I was 14, 15, where came home, did homework, and then it was sponsor hunt all night. Mm-hmm. And 3 a.m., I'm up, you know. People don't realize emails, that. You know, and a lot of these kids now that are involved in racing, whether they have backing from their parents like that's great however you can do it do it like yeah. if you have a love for it whether your parents are backing it you know everybody knocks those those kids but at the same time like i know for a fact that if my parents had money you'd they, be doing the same thing i'd be doing the same thing so why, I, why would i not and i do the same thing for my daughter you know whatever i can do i do exactly so so, so 12 to 18 mm-hmm. you raced 
18 years old, you graduated high school, you yep. went to college, you tried that for a year and a half, mm-hmm. then what? Um, so I was actually racing, involved in racing while I was in college, because I actually moved from North Car- or from New Jersey to North Carolina for college. Um, I went to UNCC for a year and a half and studied marketing with a focus in social media. Okay. Because I figured, okay, cool, if I can't work for, if I can't be a driver, I'm going to do something, do with, something with racing. Yeah. Um, I was working with a team racing modifieds uh, for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour down here. Yep. And then that team shut down about a year and a half into me being in college. And I was like, all right, you know, I'll finish college. I'll, you know, I'll have something to fall mm-hmm. back on. And then I started, you know, I got really into serious about working out and my own health and stuff like that. And I just kind of sat down. I had this realization moment. Like, I don't know. I'm sure you've had these moments where you just sit there and you're like, something hits you in the head. Yeah. And you're like, wow, why didn't I notice that earlier? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I noticed nobody was doing it. And I thought fitness is this route that I could take. You know, like I told you before, I played sports. Yep. All my life. Um, like I said, you name a sport, I played it. I played football, I played soccer, I played basketball, everything. And athletics was always a big thing to me. So I figured athletics, motorsports, fitness, like yeah. I could I could tie all this in. Right. And at the time, that was 2016. So the fitness end of motorsports wasn't a huge, you know, Not like in, it the, is in today. front of people like yeah. it is today. Yeah. Um, so I moved back to New Jersey. Um, cause it was a lot cheaper to live with my parents. So, <laughs> um, I moved back there, um, and I figured, okay, I need to do, uh, I need to get into this somehow. So I did a lot of research and how I was going to get into this industry first. Yeah. Um, so I went to the National Academy of Sports Medicine and got a certified personal trainer. Um, I also, to this day, I have a correct, I'm a corrective exercise specialist. Um, now what does that them. mean for, for those of the people that are, for those that are listening that have no clue what you're talking about, yeah. what does that mean? So obviously the, the CPT that I hold is certified personal trainer so that yeah. I can train anybody. Yep. Um, and then the corrective exercise specialization that I hold, um, corrective exercise, the way I describe it on, on a, you know, in layman's terms, it's what you would basically do maybe post physical therapy you know okay. a lot of people their physical therapy i experienced a lot of some of the clients that i worked with their physical therapy runs out their insurance stops paying for it mm-hmm. so they need to go somewhere to keep getting better yeah. for whatever surgery or whatever procedure they had done um so corrective exercise helps to um fix muscle imbalances um if somebody's lopsided so to speak it sounds like we you can- found that gray area for insurance purposes, that yeah, that you you can't have physical therapy, but you can have this. You could have a personal <laughs> trainer, yeah, exactly. So, um, it it's basically it's exactly what it is. It's, it's corrective Love exercise. It. Okay, so you can fix prop fix movement based problems okay. and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so you did that. You yeah, got those two certificates. So I hold those, um, and then I actually went to work for Planet Fitness. Okay, um, I applied to a Planet Fitness back home. Yeah, um, which the town that I'm from. Uh, there's more cows than people in the town. <laughs> so, you know, in New Jersey. Oh yeah. We're driving 20 minutes to the grocery store. We're driving 40 minutes to a two lane highway. You think of New Jersey and you think of like downtown, you think, of yeah, like- no, <laughs> not where I'm from. Like, it's, uh, you know, the stars come out at night. So <laughs> right. it's, um, you know, I've, I've had people visit my town and they're like, where are you from? So, they always joke that I belong in the South because I'm from the South right. of New Jersey. But right. It's, in reality, just like me know, being from South Detroit. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so you worked at Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness. I worked there. I worked with Planet Fitness for almost three years. Oh wow! Um, and I started off as a trainer. Mm-hmm. I was just a trainer there, and that was a good. It was an awesome spot for me to perfect my craft. Almost. Yeah, no, I, I learned, love that. Yeah, I, I didn't a, know that about yeah, you. That's I cool. learned a lot from that. I love that place. Matter of fact, I I pay them. I have the black membership. Yeah, and I can go anywhere in the country, and yep. you know people. Like joke around with me about it, but uh, Planet Fitness and no, they are not sponsoring this podcast. No. But I will say I love it. It's always clean. Mm-hmm. People are always friendly. Yep. I mean, everything that they promote, yeah, is really true. It is absolutely. You know? They so. have a, they have an awesome business model, and, and you know, my business background comes from motorsports. But yeah, I saw it in them, and so I worked there. Uh, worked at a, one of the gyms as a as a trainer. And like I said, I learned a lot. I there was so many different clientele, and you're not a personal trainer at Planet Fitness. You work with six people at a time, right? Yeah, and all those six people might have different problems going on. Absolutely. So this person just had a double knee replacement. This person's totally fine. This person's training to go in the army. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, now I got to work with all three of you at the same time, right? And you're not all going to do the same. So thing. you learned your so, people skills. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was able to perfect that, and I did just the trainer for about a year there, and then I got promoted to a director of health and fitness. So I oversaw the training program in nine Planet Fitness locations wow. in, in northern New Jersey. Cool. So it was awesome. Um, and the only reason I left was to chase this motorsports thing again because I got to a point where I was like, yeah, well, maybe motorsports is you know a, a forgotten calling you home dream. again, huh? Yeah. And then I just so started- did you have. Not to interrupt. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. So three years there, you were kind of like getting burnt out. You wanted something bigger. You wanted something more. Did you have what we call in this business an aha moment? Yeah. Where you finally say, aha, I can put these two together again. Yeah. And I'll be completely like, I wasn't really getting burned out or anything with Planet. I I got an awesome job. I was in a management role. Yeah. I was living at home, so I was saving a lot of money. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, you can't. I'm a firm believer you can't put a price on happiness. Absolutely. And, and it has nothing to do with money. No, it has nothing to do with money at all. And granted, okay, if I could pay my bills, I'm happy. Yeah, I need to pay my bills, but that's fine. Money is but, not everything, but it's right up there with oxygen. It, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I need it, but I, you know, it's not the most important thing to me. So it's kind yeah. of an oxymoron, but. Um, and trust me, if you're going to follow a dream, you're going to have those times where you're broke. Yeah. And that's what makes you want to follow that dream. They always say the, you know, climbing a mountain, getting to the top is cool, but the stories happen on the way up. And that's the the coolest part. And not only, I have always said that when I climb that mountain, I want to take as many people with me as I possibly can. So when I do get to the top, I'm not up there by myself going, look what I did. Look what we did. Look what we did. Exactly. We, um, so like I always say, I got, into a routine of saying that from the racing side. Yeah. Was every interview I did was, oh, well, we did this, we did that. I've never been an I person. Right. Um, even not only just in motorsports, but in even when I worked for Planet Fitness. Mm-hmm. You know, I worked for Planet Fitness, and I would come up with these ideas, and I would come up with these programs and all this stuff, and I would say, oh, we did this, and yeah. we did that. And everybody's like, dude, stop saying we. <laughs> like, you did all this. And I'm like, I understand I did, but, yeah. you know. Absolutely. There, I didn't get everywhere by myself. So, so, so you leave... And you come back to North Carolina. Yeah. I, with uh, a dream. With a dream. And that's literally about <laughs> all I had. I, I had a dream and I had my bike on a bike rack in the back of my car. Okay. So was it literally you packing up your car with your bike on the back? 
pretty much. Um, <laughs> I just want to set the this whole visual for people that are listening right now. Yeah. For this. Uh, twenty yeah, twenty two years old, moving out of the house for the second time. Um, what did ten, mom and dad say? What's that? What they say? Were they were they, they were, were they proud? Did they tell you that you were dumb? Did they tell you? No, they. You know. I don't think they would ever tell me that unless I proved it to myself first. So like they, my parents would always be the first ones to tell you, I told you so, but they would never not support it in the first place. Right. No, absolutely. If I came to them and I had a legitimate enough reason to say, Hey, I'm doing this. My parents would be like, whatever you need, go yeah. get it. So, cool. and that's one thing, like my parents have always been so supportive of whatever stupid dream I've chosen yeah. to pursue. But this one has been, um, this one's been awesome. So we talked about it a little bit in the beginning, but I, Came down here, I left Planet Fitness, and even all the the friends and the family that I gained at Planet Fitness, even they all said, like, dude, this is, go do this. Yeah. Like, this is your deal. So, um, so you get down here with no no clients. Yep. No marketing, nothing nope. yet. I, I didn't even have the business name, anything. <laughs> I, I had sketched out some logos. I'm laughing like, with you, not yeah, at you. I, know. I love this. I, this is great. Um, I came down, had an apartment. I actually, I had a job lined up when I was moving down. Okay. And it was with a gym around here. Okay. And it was a management role yep. with a gym. I was like, I just, just have something. Um, and then I got down here and my job description magically changed. And I wasn't even going to be able to pay the bills with that job. <laughs> and my hours were 80 hours a week. Yeah. So my thought process was, I can't pay the bills with this. You're, I'm working 80 hours a week for you. I might as well work 80 hours a week and not be able to pay my bills for myself. Right. <laughs> so, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I lasted about a week there and then um, just started hitting pavement. And when so, you say hit pavement, what did you start doing? I Social media is a big thing anymore. Yeah. So sending messages to people, reaching out. Hey, my name is Hunter. This is what I do. You know, really? and then physically, hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a know, personal trainer. I'm this, I'm that. I, and- I walked in to a bunch of places and just said, hey, this is this is my gig. Like, you know, I had my cousin, my, gig. <laughs> uh, my cousin, uh, design a logo for me. Um, and I was like, this is awesome. Like, okay, this is all starting. And it was kind of like within a week I mm-hmm. went from nothing to maybe I have something here. Yeah. So, and as I was putting together the social media platforms for the business and the fit stop performance, Instagrams and Twitters and stuff, um, I was like, all right, I need to, I need to do something like with this. So, so tell people what your, um, all your social media platforms are so they can reach you. Yeah. So, uh, Facebook, it's FitStop Performance. Um, FitStop is one word. So, mm-hmm. and then, uh, Twitter and Instagram is at FitStop Perform. Um, and then, uh, you can follow us all there. And then our website, www.fitstopperform.com. Um, all our info is there. So, what we basically do is our focus, our, not even really our focus, but our specialty is in motorsports. Okay. Um, whether, well, yeah, because you're like literally living in the middle of all of it. You yeah. know what I mean? So, our specialty is in motorsports, um, drivers, pit crew, mechanics, even. Um, being the son of a mechanic and somebody who works with their hands, I understand a lot of the um, problems that can come physically to some of these guys. So, so you're so. telling me that you. People will come to you then, not just to get bigger, not just to do a marathon, not just to have more stamina. Mm-hmm. You will, you'll work with other people in the business, not just the drivers. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I um I have a couple of PR guys, like you know I 
we work with everybody, not only in the business, but we work with anybody, period. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of people that are just, you know, everyday moms and dads going to work. So, I saw a video that you did not long ago, and um, we have a uh, some mutual friends, and uh, they paint a lot of the helmets right. for the drivers and stuff like that. And um, you were showing them some different things that they can do so they keep their hands loose. Mm-hmm. For the people that do use their hands a lot, like maybe keyboards and stuff like yeah. that, what kind of things, maybe maybe they're listening to us right now on this podcast and they're like, I know exactly what he's talking about. My yeah. hands cramp up. What can a person like that do to kind of loosen up? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff you can do and with little to no equipment. That's the big thing is a lot of these people think, oh, I got to get in shape or I got to fix this or this hurts or whatever. Mm-hmm. I need all these pieces of equipment. You really don't. Um, so like you said, that video, those guys painting helmets, their hands are on airbrushes. Their hands are really kind of just all put together. And those muscles over time, they learn that. Mm-hmm. Those muscles learn to be cramped like that. Oh, and then over, right. like they just stay that way. Um, I say all the time that muscles are stupid until we teach them otherwise. Right. So, <laughs> y- y- you know, they are. They're dumb until our brain says, hey, open, like do right. something else. Um, so we'll take tennis balls, even something like that. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of guys that just keep tennis balls or whatever at their desk. Um, and they can just kind of run their hands over top of it and, you know, just And what does that do it. for the muscles? So it takes the muscles, it opens them up. That's a li- in, in simple terms. That's yeah. what it does. It opens them because okay. they stay contracted. They stay closed like that. And then they just learn, Hey, I'm going to stay this way. And then That's you have awesome. to say no open. Like, so do you remember getting your first driver then? That that came to you and said, "Hey, listen, okay, I need help. I'm a mess." Yeah, yep. My first uh, first driver that came to me was um, you know Spencer Boyd. He's a NASCAR Xfinity Series driver. Mm-hmm. Um, he came to me and he was he didn't necessarily, in his words, say he was a mess, but uh, <laughs> came to me and said, "We got to do something." So yeah. um, and I was like, trying not trying not to be that, you know, oh my gosh, somebody's somebody's coming to me. Like, yeah, so. You know, played it cool. And then, uh, yeah, and we've been working together since. So he's, you know, So do you do everything from dieting to everything, you know, uh, as far as working out, telling him what to eat? You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, we'll, like we'll cover pretty much the grounds of everything. So the biggest thing we cover is the physical and the mental training. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say the mental training because a lot of this sport is in your head as well. It's not so Absolutely. much, not always just physically demanding. Well, but- since we're just talking right now and you are on my podcast mm-hmm. and I feel like um, I can ask you just about anything because I yeah. told you I am not going to hit the stop button until we're done. So I just feel like I can get some free info out of you <laughs> right now. What would you suggest from uh, people that travel a lot? Mm-hmm. And what I mean by traveling is in an airplane, because it's one thing if you're traveling in a car or a bus uh, or a semi and stuff like that, you can sometimes carry good food with you and and, and eat properly. Mm -hmm. Me, I don't eat right. When I'm home, I walk anywhere from five to 10 miles a day. I ride my bike 10 to 20 miles a day. I do all the right things when I'm home because it's easy when I'm home. And you take advantage of it when you're home. And I never know what kind of hotel I'm going to be at. Uh, you know that I'm at the track a lot of hours. Yep. When I come back, the last thing I want to do is find a good sit-down place to eat. It's yep. usually Taco Bell, McDonald's, Burger King, somewhere like that. And right. I stop by and get, don't eat right, then go to sleep, mm-hmm. <laughs> wake yep. up and do it all over again for three days. Yeah. What would you say 
what advice could you give the people that are listening right now that do travel, Mm -hmm. that can't cook all the time for themselves? What can we do? So... We have this problem a lot with our driver. <laughs> oh, so it's not just me? No, not at all. Um, I have We have this problem a lot with our drivers and our PR guys and yeah. anybody who travels with this crazy circus, circus yeah. that we call NASCAR or IndyCar, whatever, they tra- whatever their series is. Um, and so I kind of looked around and I did my own research and I looked at, okay, meal prep. That's, that's the easiest thing to say is say, hey, you know, cook all these meals, put them together. Ship them with the hauler. You have them at the right. Yeah, track. that would be one. That's thing. easy, right? But one, not everybody can do that. Two, folks that don't travel with a hauler can't do that. <laughs> right, exactly. like an airplane and stuff so like that. So the biggest thing that I can say, and I started doing this with some of our guys that don't necessarily work as a driver or anything or with a team specifically, mm-hmm. and that's prepare. But Look at what's around. Once you find your hotel, so you know. So, example, you know, you find your hotel. You're staying. Yeah, there's a Sonic right next door, and right next to that, there's a Waffle House. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So that's awesome. I mean, depending on who you ask, but like, um, prepare and see what's around. And if you have to go to the grocery store that's around and say, "Hey, while I'm there, I'm gonna grab stuff that doesn't need to be cooked." Yeah, you know, there's a lot. Like of, what? There's a lot of frozen meals that you can get, like those uh, the typical lean uh, cuisine, lean stuff? cuisine, something you can find in the in the free frozen. So food you're section. saying it's not really really good for you, but it's better than it's eating. better than what you could have. Right. Yeah. Right. I okay. don't know m- many hotels that don't have microwaves. Yeah. So although I've probably been in a couple, but right. Uh, yeah. Me too. Um, but prepare with what's around you. Okay. If you know where your hotel is, look at the area. What's the you, best thing to snack on throughout the day? Best thing to snack on throughout the day, if you can have, if you have access to it, I like vegetables. Um, I'll. What's the best best vegetable for you? Because everybody seems to argue about this one. Yeah, I as far as like a snack style vegetable, yeah, like I mean, conveniently have. I like carrots. I like celery. Um, I'm a fan of raw broccoli. Um, (laughs) you're making that face, yeah, (laughs) that I'm sure a lot of people are making on it right now, listening to this. Um. Yeah, I, vegetables I just think are great because you can eat them raw, like no matter what they are. Yeah. Um, but so like, you'll see me kind of around the races. You'll see me walking around the pits with maybe like a bag of carrots or something. Um, I'm big on that. Fruit, if for me, I'll have fruit if it's before like noon, just because the sugars and fruit right. stick around with you for quite a while. So um, regarding, I can burn them off throughout mm-hmm. the day. I'll, I'll have them too. Um, there are even some things, some little things that you can do too. So one thing that I always tell people blows my mind, that blows their minds is you have a regular Lay's potato chip and then you have Doritos, you know, nacho cheese Doritos. Right. Just out of curiosity, which one do you think would be better? I would... At the lesser of the two eaters. Yeah, I would say the regular potato chips. Okay. So it's actually wrong. It's the Doritos. Really? It's the Doritos? So the Doritos may have more sugar and maybe processed stuff in there, but they're tortilla-based. They're not potato-based. So when it comes to actual overall health... Wow! Yeah, look at you! Little stuff like that could, you know... Now, if you have the option. let me give you um, a little tidbit, and you might be right, and I'm sure you are because it's your business. Yeah. I'm not arguing that point. Yeah. But for me, because I talk so much... Mm-hmm. That they say that when my throat is starting to feel scratchy, to eat those potatoes because of the oils inside there that that lubes 
your, yeah. your, your throat up. Yeah. Just what I heard, yeah. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna, yeah, you're going to throw me a little statistic. I'm going to throw you one. Yeah. <laughs> people, uh, people but not. wow, so Doritos are better for you and, than Okay, potatoes. well, let's not well, go out I mean, and say everybody the, go the get Doritos. Of the, of, of, of of the, the two, two evils. evils. Right. Yeah. Of the two okay. evils, yeah, absolutely. Anything that's going to be, um, like I said, a tortilla-based chip is a lot better off than a potato-based full salt, full sodium chip. Now, so. let's talk about working out. Okay. Okay, most people, they think that right away, they, okay, I'm going to start working out again. Yeah. And even for me, I mean, I will go months and do everything right every mm-hmm. single day. I will do my two to 300 push-ups. Yep. I will walk. I will run. I'll do it. And then all of a sudden, I get into a week that I can't because I'm too too busy. I'm and too tired. Gone. And it's all gone. Yep. A lot of people jump right into what they think, let me, they jump right back into where they were a mm-hmm. week or two ago, and then you're sore for three, yep. four, five days. Yeah. Is it better to just relax a little bit, and instead of walking five miles, you walk that first one mile and then stop mm-hmm. You force yourself to stop? Is that what you should do or shouldn't do? Yeah, what a lot of people- Do you kind of know what I'm asking? Yeah, exactly. Okay. I, I know exactly what you're asking because I have to yell at people quite often about okay. this. But so there is a point to actually stop working out then. Yeah, uh, your body- your body needs the rest. Um, fitness is my life. And not only do I teach people how to work out and I tell people to work out, but I have to do it myself. Right. So, um, and a lot of the stuff that I've learned, I've learned because I tried it on myself first. So there is a point where your body one needs rest and you'd be surprised at how fast you kind of lose what you don't use. So if you don't use it, you lose it. Is, yeah. is one thing that we uh, discuss a lot. So and people that, will, and that all by itself mentally messes with you. Yeah. Or at least it does me. Cause man, I tell you what, when you're working out every single day, man, it just makes you feel 100%. like a million bucks. Yep. But a- after a couple of weeks of eating crap food and not doing the right things, man, you just feel like crap. Yep. Absolutely. And it's, it's a f- fine line because a lot of the, a lot of the population thinks that if I work out, they have the mentality of if I work out, I can eat whatever I want. That's not the case at all. I mean, you need to have the total package. Realistically, you need to have the total package. How many times should someone eat a day? I get that question a lot, and it's kind of different. It's difficult to answer because everybody, every person is going to be different. And so general, in a general just world, you know, depending on what your goals are, some people will say, oh, my goal is weight loss. My goal is uh, body fat loss, which is totally different from weight loss. Right. Um, muscle gain, anything like that, you're looking anywhere within any of those goals, anywhere between like three to six. Three Times to six. a day? Yeah. So me eating like once a day crap food is not the best way to be going about this whole thing of- <laughs> Most uh, likely not. <laughs> uh, one so meal a day kind of deprives you of- What I eating. need to start doing then, what you're saying is, and, and I'm sure I'm not alone, what I need to start doing is snacking better. Yeah. Therefore, that will- at yeah. least make me feel better instead of that one time a day. Yeah, and, and that's that's my and almost like too. gorging because I'm so hungry and my body's so hungry that yeah. you make yourself sick. Yeah, and your your body does get used to eating habits, like it gets used to exercise. So yeah. if I'm eating once a day and I'm having this huge big meal from Waffle House, so to speak, like you know I'm doing that, my body's gonna get used to that. And then if I don't have Waffle House once a day, it's gonna start being like, what are you doing? Like, right. What are we doing? Um, but if I'm eating, you know, eggs in the morning around noon, I'll have some ground turkey and sweet potatoes. Um, and then tonight I'm going to have chicken and uh, chicken and potatoes or, and green beans or whatever. I only say that cause that's literally what I'm having today. So right, right. Like, that's everything today. So and you already prepped for it. it. Yeah. I have all that Sundays. If I'm not at the racetrack, Sundays are spent 
cooking. So it's just for the whole week. And um, just like I said, that preparedness. Okay. Of, so not everybody lives in North Carolina. So mm-hmm. there is going to be thousands and thousands of people that listen to this podcast that, yeah. that do not live in North Carolina. Right. Are they able to work with you? not being here in North Carolina. Yeah, absolutely. We have an online program. Um, really? I do have an online program. Yep. Okay. Um, so what we offer, it, obviously things have to be a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. Because I can't be over you and say, hey, what'd you eat today? Hey, what'd you eat today? Like, <laughs> right. I mean, it could be, but I'm going to be blowing up your phone every couple right. of hours. So um, what our program offers online, um, program design for your workouts, because one thing that people struggle with is they'll go to the gym and... They'll say, uh, okay, I'm going to do the treadmill for 20 minutes. Uh, I'm going to go pick this weight. Uh, I'm going to go use that machine just because whatever. Like, And then you leave. How'd you know like, my workout? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I worked at Planet Fitness for three years. <laughs> I saw it plenty of times. So, um, it, so having the structure is everything when it comes to You are anything. absolutely structure. right. So if you are telling me on Mondays, I know you're home, go do this, this, and this. Yep. That's what I need to do. Exactly. And so, nothing else. And yep. listen to the professional. Yep. And a lot of times you will see a program, whether it's from myself or it's from another trainer or whatever, mm-hmm. and it might not be a lot of stuff. It might look like, and you might get it done in 35 minutes and you're going to say, oh, well, you know, I was only there for 35 minutes. I feel like I should do more. Mm, sometimes that's not always what you need to do. Right. So, okay. Um, so like I said, what our online program does, we do the complete program design. So you have what you're doing, when you're doing it. Here you go. This is Mondays. This is Tuesdays, Wednesday. Um, we'll also do uh, what we call nutrition education. So it's just this is the foods that are good. This is what could help you for your goals. Um, and over time, that may change. We may get a little bit deeper into that. But um, but yeah, so we have all the Hunter, structure. Hunter, I'm actually kind of excited. I might be uh, you know going to, onto this online uh, deal that you have here. Yeah, man. Is it is it affordable? Absolutely. My so my whole structure. Um, I looked at the fitness industry and I looked at the motorsports industry and mm-hmm. I was that driver on a budget and I looked up and I still do look up to some of the biggest trainers in this sport and yep. there's not many of them. Right. Um, there's probably two or three that are really like big enough names to, for me to be like, I like I modeled everything after you. <laughs> right. Um, and those guys to this day still inspire me and it's awesome that I can call them friends now. Um, but they have these big guys and that's cool. Like that's awesome. And, but I was that driver on a budget, and if I wanted to train with them, I was going to have to work for 90 hours a week at Planet Fitness. Yeah, <laughs> and try, right. Yeah. yeah. So my program is literally designed for anybody on a budget. Okay. Um, so, I, so I got another question. Man, I mean, yeah. this, and this is this is awesome. We only, we only got 15 minutes left. But yeah. So what's the youngest driver or person that has come to you? Mm-hmm. Because, listen, you said it just a little bit ago. This business is starting to get crazy. I mean, there are kids three, four, and five years old yeah. racing like they are Jeff Gordon's. Yeah. I mean, yep. it, it's crazy. They have the money backing them. They have everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are literally, uh, you know, they're going to be superstars. Yeah. Have you had one of those young kids yet or their families come to you and say, I need you to start working with my son or my daughter? So the youngest that we've actually had approach us and say, hey, will you actually work with us? Uh, we had a 12, which hit home to me because that's when I started racing. Yeah. So it was 12 yeah. years old. Um, but we've had a lot of interest on our social media from people too, that are out in California or wherever, um, saying, oh, my son is eight races go-karts. So, 
um, you know, could you suggest some things to us there? So, but physically actually coming to us and saying, we want to work with you is 12. So. Well, you, so then you will work with like cheerleaders and, 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 and you know, baseball teams and yeah, stuff like that as well. Anybody who wants to be a better athlete yeah. or anybody who just wants to be a uh, a healthier version of themselves. Hunter, like, ever since I've known you, and that's been about nine years, I mean, you've always been that kid that reminds me of me, that's always upbeat, always positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know you're not because you're human. So, I mean, in being, you know what I do for a living. I'm a yeah. motivational speaker. So I'd be lying to you if I said I was like this 24-7. I think everybody what would be. And who inspires you when you are having one of those days? Oh, you have time? That's a lot. I mean, uh, my parents, 100%, would be the number one supporters of me. Um, They're constantly, you know, if I have a bad day, bad week, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, their first thing is, you know, relax. There's always next week. There's tomorrow. You know, just move on, you know. Um, And you never really know who's watching you never really know what's coming next mm-hmm. um there's a lot of things that have happened in my life that are currently happening in my life that i'm like i never would have guessed this would have happened so yeah. you know this weekend you know there's the big race at charlotte and it's like i'm i'm going there as someone's trainer mm-hmm. and I, I that's insane to me like that's, yeah absolutely um, so seeing that too inspires me a lot like seeing what i have done i'm I can reflect a lot and say I'm 22 and I've done this all on my own. Like, absolutely. So pre- previous experiences have really been like really get me on those bad and, days. So. And I don't know about you because we're kind of in the same business, but actually when you're having one of those days and you go to start to work with somebody else, knowing that you're helping them mm-hmm. really all of a sudden just pumps you up. It makes you feel good. hundred like, percent. Now, now do you actually work out with some of your clients then too? So not yeah. only are they working out, you're working out as well? Yeah, definitely. So how many times can you work out a day? <laughs> I mean, that, that's like Guy Fieri doing like two and three restaurants a day, and he has to eat yeah. at all those restaurants <laughs> every single day. So you're telling me that you're working out three and four times a day? Yeah, so I'll work out I'll work out personally seven days a week. Um, just what those workouts are is a little bit different each day. So mm. um, I always joke that Sunday's my rest day, but it's actually just cardio. So like this past Sunday was a rest day. I didn't touch any weights, but I went for a 10 mile bike ride, like gotcha. something a little like that. But um, depending on the time of day, when I'll start having clients throughout the day is if I'll work out with them or not. Um, sometimes my day starts at five and ends at seven, like 5 a.m. to 7 p.m. Other days, I just have the mornings, and I can work, do my own workout by myself in the afternoon. Right. So it really just depends on the day. But I have been—I've worked out with with my clients before, absolutely. What has been the most rewarding thing about your job or your business so far in your, your career? So far, um, you know, you always have that, and maybe not everybody, but most people who have success and kind of what they do kind of had somebody that either got you this far, got this to happen mm-hmm. or whatnot. And Absolutely. like we talked about earlier, Spencer Boyd was my first driver client yeah. when I got down here. Um, and it, it continuously happens now, but the first time it happened really hit me. Um, I was with him at Bristol earlier this year and he just had, he, he just had a bad race. Mm-hmm. It, it was not good. And, uh, you know, he salvaged it and whatnot. And, I had to bounce as soon as the race ended. So I left, I didn't get to say goodbye to him. And I got to the car and he shot me a text and said, Hey man, 
you know, felt a lot better after this race than I did in the spring here. Uh, you know, little stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, Like, absolutely. just saying, hey, like, I appreciate it. Things are awesome. You know, what we're doing is on the right track. Uh, little stuff like that goes such a long way. So I think getting that is That's big. awesome. What passions do you have outside of working all the time and working out? <laughs> I, I mean, are you still racing once in a while? or Not, not since I moved, really. Okay. Um, if somebody... If somebody's listening and wants to call and say, "Hey, I need some, I need a fit guy to put in a car," I'm I'm ready. But, um, but I've always said in my my life in general, and this has been, I'm fortunate enough that my passions have carried me through my entire life. Like mm-hmm. I never really lost interest in what I do. So, my three passions of life have always been motorsports has always been top. I, that was my that's been my thing. I love racing, no matter if it's tractor pulls or if it's NASCAR. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all about it. Um, fitness is a really close number two, which is why this business works so well. (laughs) Um, and then a number three, and this is kind of a total outlier, but it's always been something that I fall back on and kind of gets me away from the other two is country music. Really? Um, so do you I'm, play too? I don't play. Um, I'm just a shower singer, but (laughs) I, uh, (laughs) um, but yeah, I, I could get lost in, you know, hours of just country music and just because I, I can connect to a lot of country music. Yeah. And, um, that's just kind of my, you know, my cousin's a songwriter, my cousin's a, uh, musician. Um, she's always been, uh, writing her own music and she'll always send me her tapes and stuff before she releases them and whatnot. And I'm always down to listen to it. And, um, so I'm kind of like a a non-licensed music critic, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, but yeah, country music is probably a top number three for me. What's a saying you live by every single day? A saying I live by, uh, I, I've just. We all have quotes. We have all sayings that, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I, and for instance, while you're thinking about this, I'll give you like one that I have. Yeah. Life is 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how you react to it. Yeah. And I have to remi- remind myself that all the time. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You know what I mean? It's okay to have have a bad day, but just watch the way that you react to it. Yeah. What's the saying that that you like to either one tell people or that you live by? So one thing I, I find myself saying to a lot of people, and I actually find myself thinking about quite often, is someone's always got it worse. Absolutely, and that sounds it sounds bad, but no, it's but it's the truth. But I when mean, I have those, like a bad day for me is maybe you know a week goes by we haven't signed up any new clients, or a week goes by and nobody's reached out to us or anything like that. And then I think to myself, well, there's somebody out there who doesn't even have a job. You know, there's somebody out there who mm-hmm. really cannot pay their bills this month. So I just look at that and think things aren't so bad. So that generally helps me to kind of, someone's always got it worse and you could be, what you're complaining about really doesn't matter. What advice could you, just because, I mean, you are a young man that has followed his dream. Mm-hmm. And there's one thing to say you have a dream, but there's another thing to say that I'm going to actually follow my dream. Right. And, there, and, and, and you know what I'm talking about. Absolutely. Because a lot of people say that they want to do things, but they never do them. Yep. What advice can you give the young men and women listening? And I'm going to take young out of it and just say people listening because mm-hmm. dreaming shouldn't have an age. 100%. Reaching for your goals and your dreams shouldn't have anything to do with age. What advice can you give, one, the younger people listening, mm-hmm. but then the older people that say, listen to me, I'm a 22-year-old, I'm <laughs> telling you that I'm a lot younger than you. What advice could you give these people that are listening and, and you being 
that person right now that is following their dream and doing it mm. and being successful at it. Take I, it away. I think it would be <laughs> kind of what I said earlier is you can't put a price on happiness. And if even if you're the only one that supports you, like even if you're the only one <laughs> that's in your head yeah. going, you can do this. No one else in your life is telling you you can do this. Someone's telling you this is crazy. Yeah. If it's going to make you happy and you wholeheartedly believe that you can make something out of it, yep. do it. Don't even hesitate. Just do it. What's your favorite recipe? What Ooh, do you just love one? to cook? Mm. So I like Are you a good cook, first of all? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. <laughs> but like, <laughs> You're like, Johnny, I, listen, I eat healthy. Nothing, is, not, nothing yeah, tastes good when it's healthy. I cook a lot of stuff that most people my age are like, this is disgusting. Like, <laughs> not because it tastes bad because I made it, but it tastes bad because like, it's, like, they just don't like healthy food. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Um, I'm pretty simple. Um, I've, <laughs> I'm pretty simple and I've had to live on a budget. So I like a lot of meals that I can cook easily and it's cheap. Um, so my favorite go-to meal, honestly, right now, cause I've done a lot of stuff in the past, but right now, um, it's one pan, it's a one pan meal. So I can throw everything in one pan, cook it all together, which like I said, very easy. Really? What is it? So ground turkey. Okay. I'll take, now, uh, ground turkey. You can get that anywhere, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll just put, uh, 90% lean, 10% fat ground turkey in okay. a pan, um, brown that, um, and then I'll throw in sweet potatoes. I will, I'll peel one sweet potato, cut it, throw it in there, um, and then I'll throw in broccoli. That whole thing, just mix it together. Um, How long would you cook it for? I don't know. Generally, like, I, I'm not much of a timer. I'm more <laughs> of a, yeah, that looks done kind of guy. So, so like, now, would that be on high heat, medium heat, low heat? I just, I'll <laughs> just go in between. Look at it. It. <laughs> yeah, if it really starts to get smoky in the apartment, then I'll turn it down a little bit. But um, generally, anywhere from 15, 20 minutes it takes. Um, and then... You can throw in any kind of like seasonings. I'll throw in just, you know, pepper, um, maybe a little bit of crushed red pepper just for somewhat some flavor. Um, and then that's all together in one pan. So you can make it if you have more than just yourself. You can make it. I, I'll usually dish it out for the week um, and have it for lunch or dinner every day of the week and then do something else for the next week. But that's probably my favorite right now. So this is perfect. I got two minutes and I want to ask you this last question. And that is. Your five-year goal. Where do you see yourself in five years? Now, and, and, and I don't mean just clients. I don't mean, I mean, you may have one thing that you actually want to do. Maybe it's climbing Mount Everest. Maybe it's, you know, running a marathon. Maybe, I don't know. But just for you personally, what is your five-year goal? goal? Where do you see yourself in five years? I've got a lot of goals and I've been told in the past that you, I should probably narrow it down a little bit, but, um, I'm just a, I'm just, just a dreamer. Like I have a lot of stuff. I've run a half marathon. So a marathon is in my plans, I would say. Um, so you hit the nail on the head with that one. I definitely love to run a marathon in the next five years. Um, I just want to do a 10 K. Yeah. <laughs> I've done a couple five, you know, five. Yeah, I want to do a 10 Ks next. That's, our, that's where it starts. And then you kind of get, for me at least, I got like addicted to it and just kept running. So like Forrest Cump, I just, Forrest, I just felt like yeah. running. So Okay. So you want to um, do a marathon? I'd like to do a marathon. Um, from the business side, you know, I've never met a business person who wouldn't say I'd like to grow my business. So right. no, <laughs> I would absolutely. definitely like to grow my business. But the biggest thing is I sought out not only to build a business with FitStop, but to build a brand. Um, something that 
People Absolutely. will recognize and say, you know, they think NASCAR, they think racing, and they think, oh, well, fit stop. Like, this is the guy the drivers go to. Like, yeah. this is where the drivers go. So, um, so just to become a name in that aspect, you know, and be going to the races and talk to fans. And, like, I've always... I, I love talking to people. Like you're, yeah. If you, so you want my job, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, I like talking to people. I don't mind that. So sometimes I have to remind myself when I'm working out with clients and say, like, okay, we need to stop talking and, like, <laughs> do 15 push-ups. Like, go do that. Like, right, so, right. Um, but yeah, just kind of build this brand and, you know, answer questions for people and be somebody people can go to. Like, I've... Can people reach out to you on social media and ask you questions without you charging them? Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. I, you know, everything that I do can be learned somewhere. Right. I'd rather you just learn it from me. Right. So, I love that. Yeah. I would just rather you learn it from me. You know, I'd learn it somewhere. So, um, obviously, if I have access to it, anybody does. But, um, yeah, I, yeah, I want people to learn from me and be able to say, hey, this guy taught me this. Like, this guy taught me this. Because even every day I wake up and I say, hey, well, so-and-so taught me this today. Like, You're constantly you, learning. Con- you you never know everything. I'll, to the day I die, I'll be learning something. So. Hunter Smith, I cannot believe it's been nine years since the day that I met you at Pocono, Pennsylvania as a young man coming to me, watching me interview the drivers. Now I'm interviewing you (laughs) on the Outstanding Life podcast. And I am so proud of you. I'm so proud to sit across from you and know that you, not one, just said that you had dreams, but you actually went after your dreams. And the first time it didn't work out, the second time it is working out. It's all about relationships. And that's one thing that you are doing is you're creating those relationships, which in return is giving you clients and stuff like that. Yep. I am so proud of you. Tell everybody one last time how they can get a hold of you on social media, your website, and everything else. Yeah, well, first of all, obviously, I appreciate everything you said. It's been awesome to get to know you over the years. And every time I'm at a race, I do. Come, I make it a point to come see you. You do. So, you do. Um, but yeah, our social media, so Facebook, uh, everybody's big on there. You can look up FitStop Performance. Um, Twitter and Instagram, at FitStop Perform. Uh, we're always on there as well. Um, and we can just go on there. We'll talk racing. I don't. We can talk races that week. We can talk uh, IndyCar, NASCAR, whatever it is. Um, it may and not even racing because we have a whole lot of yeah. people that don't even know what racing is. Yeah, we can talk. <laughs> we can talk fitness. We can talk what your cat and dog did this morning. It don't matter. I'm, I'm there. So, um, and then also our website uh, www.fitstopperform.com. So you can always reach out to me there and um, you know send me an email or send me a message. Whatever you got questions, absolutely, I'm I'm open. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that is all the time that we have today. I have been talking to Hunter Smith. He is the health and fitness coach at Fit Stop Performance. This is Johnny D, the motivational cowboy, telling all of you, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. And don't forget, you can watch all of our podcasts at motivationalcowboy.com, SoundCloud, forward slash Outstanding Life Podcast. And don't forget, you can follow us on iTunes podcast. Again, on behalf of all of us, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. Thanks again, Hunter. Really appreciate it. Outstanding Life is a Soul Bridge Studio production.